0: I love it when you tell me that we're going to be in movies. They make out like it so hard, but there's really nothing to it. I love it when you tell me that we're going to be in movies. I don't mind dying if that's how we got to do it. All right. And we're back after an extended absence. Sort of uh, an unplanned extended absence there. It's all the way in December. Hard to believe. The last time I did the podcast was, I don't even know when, back in October, I sat down with this week's guest, well, this month's guest, This today's guest, the guest today is Karina Dennecke, yes. Hello, did I say it's Make It Big? I'm Paul Stinson, your host, rambling. I had my coffee. I'm all pumped for this, and I haven't done it in so long that uh, I, I don't even know how to speak anymore. Anyway what happened? I was busy and not in a productive way. you know what I mean? when you get busy, you have stuff to do. It's not really adding any value to the world, not exactly what you want to do. It's like if your car gets towed you know and then uh, you spend sort of most of your day trying to get your car back and you have to spend a lot of money and then you're late for work and then everything else gets screwed up. You're not really uh, you're not being productive. you're, you're not advancing the ball uh, at all. Uh, you know, you're just busy, so my entire month of November was sort of like that. Nothing exciting, nothing great to report happened in November, although my band Phantom Fifth did go into the studio to start recording five songs, very excited about that, and uh of course, then I was gone. need to get back in the studio and finish those songs anyway, who, what am I saying? Back in Brooklyn, here we are, gonna talk to Karina Denneke, an old friend of mine. Beautiful singer, just an amazing voice, an amazing performer. And I sat down with her, whoo, way back before Halloween. So she was, uh, I knew her from the San Francisco Bay Area. She had done some vocals on an album that I had done, uh, beautiful harmony stuff with her friend Christy. And then I had uh, met up with her again in San Francisco for some more stuff, but I didn't really know that much about her. Knew that she had been in a you know super popular ska punk band, Dancehall Crashers, back in the 90s, and knew she did just all kinds of stuff around San Francisco. You can't uh, open a music listing without seeing her playing somewhere either at the right spot. With the cottontails uh, doing her own thing sitting in with people uh, various punk bands no use for a name back in the day she collaborates with fat Mike on the musical that he's doing grew up in England was a street performer with their mom I just had like no idea about any of this stuff I just knew that wow this is a you know cool person with a, a great voice and an interesting story but we talked about all kinds of stuff and that's what i love about doing this show is that i talk to people who you know i know or i, I think i know and you, you just hear stories that amaze you and uh, are profound and and motivating and it's it's super cool so anyway we uh, she was going to be out here on tour with her current supporting her current album under glass go to KarinaDenikey.com. that is k a r i n a D-E-N-I-K-E.com for Underglass. It's this amazing album of her originals. Really cool instrumentation. Very sort of cabaret-ish, old-timey, but modern. Um, Anyway, she was going to be out here, and uh, I set up a show for her at Union Hall here in Brooklyn with my band, Phantom Fifth. And that was way back on October 30th, and uh, it was a great show. That was the first time I'd actually seen her perform with her current lineup, and it was just uh, stunning. Just, like, blew me away. So you should go check that out. It's on vinyl. You can get that. You can check out her whole bio and her backstory, and we talk about that a uh, little bit here. And, and what else? We did it in my apartment, which uh, is a new one for me. It doesn't normally happen. I'm usually on the road, and I have my gear with me and do it somewhere else. And so there are cats. Cats have happened. I, we have two cats, my wife and I, here, and uh, you will hear the cats. If you are not a cat lover, perhaps you'll skip this show. Uh, if you like cats, then maybe you'll find it charming. Being cats, they, they wanted to be you know, involved in the show, on mic, uh, running into the mic stands and that kind of thing, like hopping up behind Karina. Uh, but anyway, i, I it, maybe it's not that bad. But uh, during the show, I remember being like, "Oh my god, it's just gonna be meows. It's gonna be the whole show is gonna be like meowing." But it's not that bad. yeah you, you can't hear them that that much. What am I saying? I don't know. I haven't done this for over a month. I'm just blabbing. Uh, paulstinsonmusic.com is where you want to go to get the show. Check out my projects. Got another, uh, Phantom Fifth show coming up in New York City on December 16th. Back in the studio to record. I'm hoping to be more productive, uh, now and not so busy. Know what I'm saying? Busy, bad, productive, good. That's, uh, that's my mantra. I'm going to try and stick to it. Have another wacky recording project potentially coming up in January, keeping that under wraps for now, we shall see. Anyway, that's about it, I will not bore you uh, further, well maybe I will, but Karina won't, because she's an interesting person, and I just, uh, you know, talk to her and sound silly, but... uh... Please stick around to the end of the episode because there is Golden Kimonos, which is a track from her new album, and you will get to hear. It is beautiful. Uh, I've got that album on repeat on my turntable. Well, it's not really on repeat. I have to actually get up and turn it over like in the old days, which are the new days, the current days. So that's it. As usual, go to iTunes. Please rate it. Subscribe uh review i don't know if you need to get in touch with me the website blah, blah 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 there's an email and whatnot um still not on facebook just uh putting that off i got too many social media pages to to manage already I'm, I'm trying to consolidate trying to whittle it down trying to be streamlined uh uh you know for speed speed and uh speed and strength i don't know anyway let's talk to karina Deniki all right, Karina, well, thank you for coming over. Well, this thanks, is exciting. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Ooh. so how's the tour
1: going? It's going really well. Yeah. We're, ha- we're having a ton of fun.
0: Is it a resounding success? Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a success because I just wanted to make sure we got out here mm-hmm. to the East Coast again. We've played her uh, about four times with my with my own solo band. Uh, so this is the fourth time, I believe it is. And Over,
0: like, what span of time?
1: Oh, I think the first time we came out here was maybe eight years ago. Or, oh, no, no, okay. no. So yeah. it would be seven years ago, maybe. Cool. You know what? I'm not remembering the dates. But it's been, like, last time we were here, three years ago, I believe. Yeah. I was sort of trying to do it every... Semi-regularly. Yeah. Every yeah. couple of years, if not every year. Like, I think we did we did it. We managed to get out here a year later. The first, t- the first two times was like a year apart. And then, then it was a couple of years and then it's been three years. So it's been a little bit t- too long, <laughs> but in the resounding success way, it's just to make sure we're back out here and sure. being connected. I have so many wonderful old friends, West coast, East coast connections. It's yeah. kind of crazy. I mean, obviously it's always the way it is. We, we, go from one coast to the other
0: but people like moving from the bay area or something out here and right. vice versa and then moving back and yeah you know. I mean uh-huh.
1: friends that I'm close to and everybody in my band is close to have been close to for you know up to 20 years
0: And what is, do you have like a so. core of touring people you've been using for a long time or it change every time
1: Actually I'm using a kind con- of a couple of new people okay. on this trip so that's been kind of a little bit How's, you know that working out? It's it's working out road, great road but definitely road testing so we did a f- <laughs> couple of shows that were sort of like I knew they were going to be kind of mellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so iron in that way. Iron out the kinks. Way, and, yep, damn. iron out the kinks and just kind of adjust to each other. That's how much fun. But, you know, I, you know because the Bay Area is changing so much and people are moving so much, my long-term uh, singer that I worked with for years moved to, had moved to Dallas. Is that Lily? Lily Taylor. Oh, okay. So she doesn't live in the Bay Area anymore. So we have done some tours, even though she's been in Dallas. Like, she'll okay. come fly out <coughs> and mm-hmm. we'll do some California stuff or we've come she's come to New York last time she came to New York I'm pretty sure it was right after she moved to Texas um, with me so she came with me and so this time she's out from Texas again and she came out to California for my record release parties so we sort of are still managing to do some touring like that even though I have other people in the Bay Area that I use and the same thing with Aaron Novick who's my bass clarinetist who's a fantastic composer in his own right has stuff on uh, John Zorn's label and you know he's he's an incredible musician and composer in his own right and he moved to New York Nine months ago. Oh no, it's almost a year. Oh okay. From the Bay Area, and so we're playing with him. So it's kind of like
0: he's copying me. Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he knows all about you. But. So Not, yeah. So it's kind of a great combination of people, and then um, Billy Bouchard, who's on on our show together. Yeah. Um, he uh, he's I toured with him, and he was in. My old band, dancer Crashers, briefly, but he's a singer-songwriter right, right that I've that. known for 20 years, who's a very, close, very, very, very dear friend of mine. And,
0: and was I actually play drums with you?
1: At he was point? playing drums with us on this tour, even um. though he's a guitar player-songwriter. <laughs> but we were we had him on like sort of more of the acoustic, mellow yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. had it. him on suitcase and snare, and it was little uh, little mini kit, and it was awesome. It oh, was that's super nice. fun, and we we just had a lot of fun, and he's. Wonderful, yeah. So to, to tour
0: with him. I'm looking forward to that. So he'll guys. be do
1: he'll be doing. He's not playing drums with us to, uh, for the last couple of shows because it's our kind of a uh, our, our, our real drummer, a real drummer. <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> no, he's doing, he was doing great, but like he's gonna do his own yeah, yeah, his own yeah, like the kit and everything. Yeah,
1: the, yeah. the whole Fuku oh, yeah. toms uh-huh. and cymbals. Yeah. And stuff.
0: when you rock out, yeah, you get the rock show. That's right, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, what yeah. um, I mean, you have so many different projects. How do you sort of decide like what your stuff is that you're going to take on the road. I mean, obviously songs that you've written and that kind of thing. That's right, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, if basically this these kinds of shows, you know, I'm promoting my record that I released in April. Um, you know, I was hoping... Under Glass. Under Glass, yes. uh, which I re- released independently on vinyl and CD and download. And I wanted to, you know, make sure that I was just spending as much time kind of running a, a good cycle with that. Although yeah, although yeah. the problem is I'm so busy in like five other bands <laughs> that are not the music I write that are different kinds of projects that are really fun and I love them. Uh, they also kind of make me a little more money maybe
0: sometimes sure. than
1: mine. So this is all funded sure. by me and I have six people in my band. So it's really expensive.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: So I kind of end up getting a little distracted And then having to, like, you know, gather the funds to make sure my tour happens with my band. And, you know, which is, of course, right now still all on my shoulders. So Uh, managing,
0: booking, and scheduling, and everything. Having a band and, like, doing it right is kind of a (laughs) full-time job, you know. For sure. uh, Yeah.
1: And there's always more you can do, you know. There's, yeah. I mean, it's like... I mean so, that's
0: why the old in the old days where there was like the record label they would have, you know, 100 people or whatever doing it. Exactly. Stuff, and that's why they, you know, didn't that's pay why you they... any money for a long time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean
1: I was definitely going through the cycle. I'm like I'm my own record. Like that's why people have labels uh-huh. and managers uh-huh. and booking agents and boyfriends and you know
0: <laughs>
1: whatever <laughs> right? like some rich laws. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: I mean people think oh it's so great now and the labels they don't have control over uh-huh. everything and yeah, it's like right. yeah but you know but Used to get some help. You don't necessarily, it's not even about the money necessarily but you really need to have a team of people and unfortunately the people who are good at it usually cost a lot of money. <laughs> PR people, That's right. and, you know, whatever. Right. What, do you book all your own shows? I sure
1: do. Yeah. 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 Which is hard because, you know, sometimes people respond and sometimes people don't because I'm yeah. not, I, you know, I'm not a booking agent so. Right, right. I have like people that know me and respond immediately and then I have people that, you know, I have to just kind of track down and sure. and it doesn't always work out. Like yeah, we were gonna yeah. do probably four or five more shows on this trip that just didn't pan out in the oh, end. Really? Oh,
0: yeah, okay. It was good trying to because it seems like you're doing pretty well. So we are.
1: Shows. I mean, I'm working as like I'm. I crammed our schedule as much as I could, but we also yeah. were planning to do New Haven and Northampton and Hudson and Philly. Philly and oh, okay. They okay. just didn't come through. Like there was some yeah. possible things and they just didn't work out.
0: Yeah. But then you save all those expenses. As well. well,
1: there's that. So <laughs> I was sort of like, you know what? We'll just hang maybe. out in New York. <laughs> no, I'm. Ha- we're having a really great time, and um, I have so many, like I said, so many old friends here, and so many musician friends. Like, I just did this little sort of hoot night where you know lots of friends came and just sat in, and we just people yeah. just did three songs each, and yeah, this is really fun, you know.
0: It is great to just to see people again, and you know, especially because you're right, people move around yeah so much, and yeah. it's nice to show up in like a you know. A city you don't normally go to, and just know someone who you that's know right. for twenty years, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Well, so. I wanted to. I you, there's so many things that I like. You're one of those people who you meet them, and this happens a lot of time. Or I'll, I'll work with someone, and then I I won't really know anything about them until later, and then I'll be like, God, oh, that was the person who. What? Oh, that, oh, the turn. So <laughs> I have all, all this stuff, and I'm like, Oh my God, it's so interesting. And then um, the first thing I wanted to say was like. Let's talk about singing. Okay. (laughs) All right. I mean, that's how I met you because you were like the sing, you know, the songbird, and you and your friend who were the Helga and Zelda twins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Came in and just did all these amazing harmonies. Um, Christy. Yeah, 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 Christy. And I'm like, that's a real singer. Because I don't know that, like, that's still like a mystery to me. Even though I'm, you know, sort of in in it. So were you always like? That kid who was you know singing at the birthday parties and Karina will now sing you the uh, songs of yeah. Showboat, yeah.
1: Kind of, yeah. I mean, I wasn't. I mean, I sort of got, did did get into musicals for a little while as a you know sort of preteen or whatever, but but it wasn't like I didn't want to really do musical theater f- so much. Uh, I definitely got into bands at fifteen, and that mm-hmm. was sort of definitely more of a calling. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah, total vocal nerd, dork, singer. Um, There's musicians in my family. My mom is not, but all of her family are. There's singers and uh, professional musicians. But they're all in the Czech Republic. My mom's... My mom... Both my parents are Czech, so it wasn't like I was actually around them But as I grew up in England. But um, yeah, I was just... Always loved it. I can't even... It just always felt like uh, something that was a joy for me, personal joy that I just couldn't get enough of. And was, it,
0: was there a lot of music in your house because yeah, of that? Yeah, there was a lot of music and in my house. And what kind? All, all kinds? Or?
1: Um, so my mom was listening to a fair amount of classical when, when I was very small. Mm-hmm. And then she she um, met this wonderful guy who was my stepfather for a long time who just brought a lot of great music into the house. So like a lot of, you know, Toots and the Maytails, a lot of good, mm, you know, good uh-huh. reggae, a lot of good funk. Just great stuff. Beatles. I was a Beatles fanatic from very early on um to you know to stevie wonder to jazz to folk to uh, i mean the list goes on yeah, you know just yeah. good music just good music a lot of a lot of really great great pop and rock and funk and soul and um you know i mean i was obsessed with toots and May tails i love his voice tina turner and and uh You know, Beatles was where I sort of like learned harmonies. I was gonna say that's. Yeah, I mean they were kind of (laughs) yeah them and Abba. Of course, I was into Abba. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, good harmonies. But they're good harmonies. I I I really was obsessed obsessed with harmonies, and and I think it was like when I was four or something. My mom had some little dinner party, and I was like like they, everyone started looked over at me and i was singing all the backup parts for the whalers cuz i would try to just just do the backups and like <laughs> you separate were that the, kid yeah like, i was at, like at 4 yeah like that's impressive i was just really into it and carmina burana was like one of my favorite classical pieces by orff and i would you know try to sing all the oh, that's
2: amazing
1: you know like i got to get that so, so yeah. were you
0: always more attracted to the, harmon- the, like the harmony and the backup stuff? Or were you like, oh, well, that lead is awesome, too? Both, both. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would say
1: both. The I mean, spectrum. definitely the lead, for sure. I mean, I, yeah, both. So it started but I was really very, I was, I was trying to pick out harmonies all the time. Yeah. You know, trying to figure that out pretty early on. But, but it was just singing and just trying to, trying to emulate something else. You know, it's like, it's, right. all, it's all about copycatting. You yeah, know, yeah. So I'm really, well, I was like, really into on, accents yeah. and. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was all sort of like.
0: It's Singing it exactly the way. Uh-huh. Exactly,
1: like, oh, how does she phrase? That? And, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and and just like the theatrical side of accents, and just in general, you yeah. Know, moving from England to the States and trying to copy people, different people's accents. Oh and, you know, yeah. You know, learning languages. It, it it was all kind of in the same, so a little bit have, in the same vein. You must have
0: had an English accent because you lived I there sure until did, you were twelve. Yeah. yeah. And when did you speak Czech when you were really young? Just when I was right young. Okay. I don't okay. speak
1: it anymore. Wow. So so I sort of, I mean, I, yeah.
0: So when you moved here, were you still very English?
1: Yes, I spoke a bit like this, I think. I can't really do it properly, but it was probably a
0: bit like that. If you go back there, will you like slip back into it? I do kind of, but it's like, some, some, <laughs> some weird, convoluted Mid Atlantic yeah, version of it. Yeah,
1: screwy. No. Where I can't, I can't figure out how to say water. That's the one. One of the ones where oh, you're yeah. like, can I have some wa- 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 water? <laughs> water. Water. Can I have some wa- wa- water? Water, please. Yeah.
0: Did you kind of lose that pretty quickly? Because did you move here when you were 12? twelve? Twelve, 12 to and I,
1: Oakland. Yeah, and I went to Oakland junior high schools, which were the biggest culture shock Uh you could possibly I mean I I had because I had traveled a lot as a kid I lived in India and Morocco and Greece and we did a lot of traveling as a kid so when I moved to the states you would think it wouldn't be that much of a culture shock but actually going to junior high in Oakland was pretty mind blowing these kids are crazy (laughs) this
0: is not like (laughs) the rest of the world everyone's just
1: open and free and loud and like English schools are so uptight, yeah. And, uh, and but, then you
0: went to Berkeley High, which and is then even I went to Berkeley High. Like, like, yeah, you
1: know. like the jazz, just the jazz open department. Your brain. That's right. Yeah, jazz departments. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone was taking drugs, and you know, it was just actually, yeah, it was it was pretty <laughs> wild. You know, all these ex hippie, uh, you know, kids of like these sixties. You know, I mean, I, I was friends with kids whose parents were in the Black Panthers and like, yeah, yeah, Weather Underground and all kinds of you know. Yeah the the real deal so yeah it was, it, was, it was a trip but it it kind of felt very hu- actually comfortable because my dad's a super political you know big mm-hmm. anar- kind of anarchist like character in England he still lives in England and my mom is very wild and eccentric they're both extremely eccentric actually so it felt very comfortable it felt that's nice very I much was, so, uh, yeah we was, was that
0: good having eccentric parents I mean. My yes. parents were, like, the opposite, like, no, like, anything, so.
1: Yes. I mean, I, I'm, I I'm very honor. grateful for their yeah. I mean, definitely, there were some challenges sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Things aren't always
0: whatever. Like, wh- like
1: what? <laughs> well, you know, I traveled a lot as a kid. Um,
0: was that because of your dad's job, or? No.
1: My mom just didn't want to be, th- my parents weren't together, but my mom didn't want to be A bored housewife basically and you know single mom of three kids so she was like you know what we're gonna go on adventures and so she like and we had no money we were living on welfare in England she got a van and put built beds in the back and we played street we rented out our house illegally and went played street theater all the way through Europe I was seven with your family with your mom my mom and my younger brother Wow. I was seven. Street theater. That's was. He amazing. was six and a single mom. Yeah. Just three of us. Yeah. All through
0: Europe. Was it fun or was it, it was sort fun. of like Dickensian as well?
1: Or? I had fun. Yeah. Was, yeah. I think it was just a little tougher on my brother because he was more of an introvert, but I was more of an extrovert. Yeah. Yeah. And and he, I mean, it was great. He had a great time too, but and it was. And what kind of
0: stuff were you guys doing? <laughs> well. <laughs> what my, stuff my you mom... wrote or. Uh... Yeah. Stuff you wrote. My oh, mom. Wow.
1: But it was kind of really goofy. My mom was a clown. And she would sort of dress like a, you know, a male clown. So people thought she was a man, which uh-huh. was safer anyway. So she put on a bald, sure. fake bald sure. hat, head and stuff. And um, <laughs> me and my brother had these insane chicken costumes. And we would just sort of do this ridiculous kind of mime act where she was trying to
0: get lions, but all she had were two
1: chickens. And it was just goofy. It was very silly.
0: And you put the hat out and or pass it around, uh, yeah. And yeah. And that's how we it lived. did it work.
1: Yeah, we lived you, like that for like people liked seven it or, months.
0: Or they were amused enough to be like, oh, I'll, I'll give you five bucks yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you lived for, for how long?
1: About seven months like that, and then we got to Morocco, and of course you can't make money there doing that because it's basically a third world country. So then we right, sold our right. van and we did like some really fancy like montessori school like parties and stuff like where we made more money and then we sold our van and lived off that and then went back
0: <laughs> wow interesting so. <laughs> so you were like in the touring musician lifestyle yeah way back
1: yeah so yeah i'm sort of used to it <laughs> i am <laughs> i mean when i tour with people they're like i'm
0: tired it's like, oh, like you know nothing wow <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> wow You've, you haven't seen nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till you get a chicken costume, then you'll really be upset. Wait till we have to sell our van in Morocco. Do mm-hmm. <laughs> Montessori schools. Yeah. <laughs> well, when did you... um? So how long did you keep doing... Well, so you, you did it, obviously, until you are in Morocco, and then did you come back to England at some we went point? went back to England. We okay. always sort
1: of like had our home base in England. We had, yeah. a, we had a house that, there for a long time, and then for 12 years. And then we moved to the States. Um, and again, sort of like my mom just felt like it was time to be in a different environment and she had visited and she just loved it. So we, we, yeah, we ended up yeah. moving to Berkeley. Great. Yeah. And then it was a good move because, you know, incredible music there. Yes. So I was really surrounded by incredible people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because, uh, I didn't know about the fat records connection or, or the musical or anything.
1: Oh, um, right.
0: Yeah. So how did, uh, well, so, okay, let what take it one step okay. at a time so you get to berkeley and then what were you already sort of thinking like i'm gonna be in a band or did you play instruments as well i'm not just a great a instrument costume.
1: player i was just like what can i do with my chicken costume Singing there's got to be a future in chickens <laughs> um no i just we went to berkeley i went to berkeley high i got into choirs i went to like oakland youth chorus worked with like john mm. john hendrix from hendrix lambert and ross bob mcferrin all these kind of like amazing badass uh singers yeah and sort of like got schooled a little bit just but you know as a teenager just like they would come in and give these like guest perform guest workshops and stuff yeah and same with berkeley high there's all these amazing jazz musicians that uh some of whom were you know kids of heavyweights too and so yeah. we would all jam and like you know it was just a lot of schooling then then i got in this african band for a couple of years and then i had always been into ska and punk um and I got into via my brother. I got into this band, Dancehall Crashers, which was a ska punk sort of uh, band. Me and another singer, a girl singer, and then the rest were guys. And and there was just some pretty organized people in that band. <laughs> <'Cause I'm> just, <laughs> I wasn't doing it, uh, but I, you know, I'm just just I'm just pretty dedicated, I guess. And so we put a record out after a year, and then we broke up. But then the record was out on this ska label called Moon Ska, and it got a lot of um, attention just around the country just people that buy those records it's just a big scene you know yeah so then we we formed and then a couple years later we got signed to a major and i was mca mca yeah and i was in college and at the same time i had started another group which also got signed to like a subsidiary of a major which was uh, this group called jezebel jezebel yeah so that happened like i I basically signed two record deals within two months of each other which is totally illegal anyway i was gonna say who, <laughs> you you that? are signing an exclusive deal exclusive right now i'm like deal. sign sure I, will. <laughs> I did the same thing two months later i'm like oh my god i hope no
0: one knows this yeah was that problematic later on someone's like hey wait a minute well not supposed to be going legally it ended up not being which oh, okay. was
1: i was pretty hilarious but um but what happened was i couldn't really do both as easy, you know I was sort of trying to do both I basically was for example one tour I did with Dancehall Crushers we were on tour we were in I the, I flew back for like five shows in a five week tour back to California right to play with my other band so Dancehall
0: would be like sitting on their, the management, on their hands in like, Chicago. It was not, not going know one. from one to the other. They They're knew like, Where's kind of going.
1: Okay. They <laughs> knew and and it was te- very tense. Yes. Everybody was very tense. I could Im- I mean both bands were very tense. And what did you
0: have to do? Abandon like, I had to decision? basically
1: um one of the bands gave me an ultimatum. Wow. And uh you know, I I basically I basically made the choice to stick with Dance Hall for. Yeah. Yeah. Um it I had put in 6 years. We had just started finally kind of having a little success and money and there were some but you know the other band was something I loved very much and I'm still friends with all those people and were you more like
0: sort of the songwriter well I
1: was I was writing in both I was I was very difficult like I was kind of screwing everybody if I no matter what I did I was kind of
0: yeah yeah uh, so it was like always cheating on your band
1: that was one person's interpretation. And I was like, you know what? Every musician I know is in like five bands. <laughs> it was hard, man. I, I, it was very, very tough. Yeah. I would say that was one of a... It was a very, very hard time in my life, actually. Because it, it was just so painful. It's anyway, got to be, yeah. Because so I really adored like, the people. Yeah, it was yeah. hard. And you just kind of don't expect it. It's like two bands at once are starting to do well. But yeah, you know, Dancehall was doing better, and there was some other reasons I, I ended up doing that. So...
0: Well, and were you around, like, the original version of Dancehall Crashers with Tim Armstrong and and Matt Freeman? Yeah. Did did they ever, like, play or record? Like, the way it sounds is, like, they started the band and then, like, immediately got out of
1: it. They kind of (laughs) just bailed. Um, They wrote our, like, theme song, Dancehall, Dancehall Crashers Tonight, which we Mm. did for years. Um, They were kind of, and then Tim Armstrong, like, contributed a song to our first, like, major label release. Uh Uh-huh. As well. So, you know, we try to keep this uh, pretty friendly relationship with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, they can't have really cared. I mean, they abandoned the band. They right? left
1: and they went into Downfall, which was another thing. And then, of course, mm-hmm. Rancid was starting. And, yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I remember running into Tim, him giving out flyers to me on like in North Berkeley. You should come to a Rancid show at this warehouse. And, you know, we'd see them and suddenly. You're like, I'm on tour huge.
0: with your whole band. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it, yeah, and it's, it's just a small scene, you know. So Yeah.
0: Well, especially so, back in Berkeley, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was back then. I mean, were you playing still. with all the bands? Like, you know, was this Lookout Records time? Like, like, around yeah, not them, basically
1: like Screw Thirty Two, uh-huh. AFI. Yeah. We played with Hepcat early on. We played mm. with, but it was definitely we kind of were more on the, you know, the ska side of things. Like No Doubt, yeah, yep. like, we played with No Doubt for years. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, and then like. But not as many, and some of the Lookout bands for sure, like the High Fives, which is a great garage rock band. Oh, yeah. But not like every single Lookout band. Like, we were a little more poppy.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So we weren't... No, definitely. You know,
1: definitely like we played with them, but we weren't like on all the Look... You know, we weren't on Lookout, so we weren't doing their showcases or whatever.
0: Yeah. And then, so you were immediately... Did you put out anything besides the Moonska thing before you went to MCA? No. Okay. So the Fat Record stuff came later. Correct. All right. Correct. So,
1: so we did. We did uh, Moon Records, and then we released. um, uh, It was like five hundred and ten, which slash MCA, which was Jeff Jeff um, Jeff and Elliot Elliot Kahn, Jeff Salzman, who were actually managing Green Day, and managing the Muffs, and managing Jawbreaker. Okay. And they signed us. Okay. To this new label, five hundred and ten slash MCA, and then they ended up bailing, and we ended up getting on MCA proper.
0: Got it, that got way,
1: it. I mean, it was like we a were doing generation. pretty well.
0: It seems we like do,
1: yeah, we were doing pretty well. Yeah,
0: and that was kind of a big scene. Yeah, then totally. you know, especially with no doubt and sort of the breakout. Right. Um, it was almost like around the same time I want to say as like the swing revival kind was, of thing. It was. And, yeah. You know. Um. Like we did then, Warp
1: Tour and some of the some of the there was a few swing bands on there like Royal Crown Review.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Yeah. Like, big, like those kinds of. Yeah. Bands, yeah.
0: I knew the bass player. Yeah, who ended up in that band, and then and then that scene. I don't know if it went away, but you know, I mean, no doubt continued, but they sort of expanded. Was it? Right. Were you guys really trying to stay true to the ska punk thing?
1: Well, I'll say that we actually tried to steer away from the ska part of it uh-huh. pretty heavily. So we dropped the horns, mm-hmm. um, and kind of went more a bit of a direction of sort of pop punk. Yeah, yeah, stuff. Definitely. You know, I always sort of wanted to be a little bit more, you know, Blondie, New Wave, Shonen Mm -hmm. Knife, Shonen Knife, like we got or something. Yeah, that's what I wanted, but I was the only one. Oh really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was unfortunate. I really wanted like keyboards and yeah i wanted to like kind of go
0: blondie direction but was it a matter of them being like curious or more like no they were nah, just kind of more, comfortable playing we just have
1: different tastes in music like yeah. i was really into the 80s sound
0: yeah
1: and some of the band members were really into like the green day more mm-hmm. more sort of third wave
0: yep sound
1: yep. which didn't have keyboards at that time it yep, wasn't cool sure. to have keyboards and <laughs> i don't know we just have a difference of opinion <laughs> yeah you know i kind of felt like Let's, let's, you know, let's go all the way and make it, like, we have two girl singers, we have all these harmonies, it's got this kind of poppy, cutesy thing, mm-hmm. just naturally, like, we're not all punk rockers, like, we're just not, we weren't, yeah. so yeah. let's just be who we are, and to me, that was who I felt more like, you know, a little more Joan Jett, a little, I mean, not Joan Jett, I wouldn't say, sorry, because I feel like she's more more a, little more pretenders, a little more pop, yeah. a little more pop rock,
0: Well, you can see it in, you know... Post-punk or something. Listening to the songs and watching the videos because the harmonies are so amazing and the songs are really poppy. And yeah, you can see, well, they're a pop band. That's sort of really what we were. I mean,
1: but we definitely like, you know, some of the people in the band really wanted to steer it in a slightly, what they considered a slightly more punk rock direction. Yeah. I mean, it's just funny. I grew up in England. My version of punk versus Northern California and Southern California. There's a couple of members from Southern California. Yeah punk rockers who wore baggy shorts and big t-shirts like that wasn't my yeah version of punk rock i mean i'm not i don't consider my right (laughs) i don't consider myself a hardcore punk rocker i mean that's that's not how i present myself necessarily but my i have an older brother and i grew up in england and punk rockers were very hardcore like that was that was my, my sort of you know i was like i don't really think we're playing punk rock <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> we're playing we're playing poppy stuff well we're playing the green Pop Day version of punk yeah rock, and you i know. you know i was a huge like old school Scott fanatics. i mean the specials were probably my ultimate favorite band right at that time fun yeah. boy three um and the specials which was a really great mixture uh-huh. of punk and ska in my opinion and then also rocksteady you know which is what i really loved so to me that was sort of where i could have placed us
0: well, it's funny because you but said totally a, version, yeah. a minute ago that something about you wanted to push it, you know, as far as you could to see if, you know, you could make it, which is funny because that's like what the idea of the show is. Right. So you're, you're already on, well, you're on two major labels, but now you're, on, you're in a word. successful, you know. <laughs>
1: well, make it, but well, also. Well, at that point, but, yeah. But the thing is we were very concerned about not, um, it's not like not selling out, but not doing, you know, like there were a lot of suggestions by the major labels. You bring in the
0: songwriter and you need to work and with so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And also they really wanted us to do a cover, which is what Save Ferris did. And that was like mm-hmm. the big thing. Like just do a cover and you'll get like tons of airplay and then you push your original song and we refused. Yeah. And there were a bunch of things like that. Yeah. Like many things like that. Yes. That, you know, clothing suggestions to like, uh, you name it. I mean, it's just that we're just, we, we were absolutely not going to do and we were really you know we may have shot ourselves in the foot because but we refused and and like i'm glad we refused obviously because yeah. it would have been cheesy
0: yeah and so it's funny you never know like how far you can go with that before it's like well are we just bowing to their demands or are we just compromising slightly yeah. or something it's funny because brett from the donna's I yeah. Don't know, yeah, uh, yeah 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 she was talking about on the podcast that um they would get this kind of suggestions all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, why don't you do a reality show?
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I bet they get it the worst, because once you're in an all-girl band, yeah. and I was in an all-girl, the other band that I was in, the Jezebel thing was oh, okay. all-girl, all- I and mean, it was still, we weren't doing rock and roll, but it was still such a novelty. They were like, oh yeah. my God, four chicks. You know, And we were just, all the suggestions <laughs> were like, why don't you wear low-cut dresses? Yeah. Like really, and yeah. well, I was <laughs> like, I'm not. And it, all our songs were super feminist, and I was such, I... Well, say. she... Can yeah. I, oh can yeah. I, can, I, can I swear? Fuck yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> so I was definitely like the biggest bitch of that of that four girl group, and they would be like, "Well, maybe we should like," and I was like, "Hell no! I'm not gonna fucking wear that stupid shit." And I I was really like adamant about. Yeah. I will yeah. not, you know, like, well, we're doing like a pastel like photo shoot. And I'm like, no, I fucking wear red lipstick and black eyeliner, and that's what I wear. And I've been yeah. wearing it for 10 years, yeah, like, since I was 12, yeah. and that's what I'm going to be wearing. Joan Jett would not do what yeah. you're telling I'm me Yeah, I'm not do. doing a pastel yeah. photo shoot, <laughs> fuck you. You know, and so then, like, I would just be putting my foot down and just be like, you're not going to try to sway us into some cheesy-ass thing. And when you're an all-girl band, it's just, it's frustrating, man, uh, especially at that time. I'm sure that the Donna's just got... Ugh, well, she so was saying annoying. that
0: they sort of learned to feign interest and enthusiasm for all these crazy ideas mm-hmm. just to make it seem like they were game and up for it. But then yeah. they would find a way to not do just it. get out <laughs> of <So>, it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, you must have also had the weird thing of like the creepy guys like following the band around, like showing up, and yeah, you know, yep. yeah. It's just it. It's a whole separate problem for female. Almost anything that you know, guys just don't face or you know maybe I'm sure there's you know some male singer who's been stalked or whatever but it just seems like a constant problem for women in like whatever they're doing and especially maybe the rock arena I yeah it's pretty
1: hard it's yeah. pretty hard you have to be pretty strong and not uh you just you have to know how to deal with it and think uh, it is definitely harder with an all-girl band because people just get weird fantasies about you and it's just you know and then they expect you to somehow like, respond in a way that they've already fantasized about. Yeah, Like, it's just, it's fucked up. Yeah. And you're just, like, you know, I mean, I have a few tricks that I use just to get out of any situation. and
2: Mm -hmm. Escape
1: techniques. Escape techniques, yeah. And and then I would have, like, one of the girls in that all-girl band that I was in back then, you know, she just would sort of, like, she was so much more sort of sweet. And she would get cornered, and she was just stunning. Like, you know, she's just... A total model, gorgeous. And she would just get. It was get, too nice to get out of it. Yeah, or? too nice to get out of yeah. it, which is actually Christy. Yeah. And she would just get like cornered, and and I would just go up and save, you know, be constantly like going up and saving her and be like, Christy, I, I need to see it yeah. right now. Yeah. We need to work on the set list right now. Yeah. Like, just like, act crazy, <laughs> crazy bitchy and like scare the fuck out of some yeah. dude. Cause I, I, was, I was just mean. I I would be mean. I wouldn't care. Good, good for yeah, you. though. I just had. W- you know, where did
0: you learn that? Like, how did you have the confidence to just be like, "Fuck <laughs> off"? I have two brothers. Oh, no, yeah. What about your mom? I mean, it seems like she was pretty independent. Yeah, uh, she's very
1: independent. She's yeah. very tough.
0: Especially like, fuck but, it. Uh, we're gonna go travel. I'm not gonna be a bored housewife. That's right. That's killer. That's
1: true. She's yeah. Of course, she's totally independent, and she's she can be tough for sure. But she's not really. Yeah, no, she could be bitchy. She could be bitchy if she had to be. I mean, in the right place and time, yeah. But I also had two brothers. I think I just got. I just am a little bit fiery. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, I
1: wouldn't do it. I won't be a bitch. But if I have to be, I could probably. I definitely in certain situations. And I'm very protective. If I'm protective over my friend who's getting like bullied or cor- yeah. cornered, I will. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Be like, elbow some guy. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. The horns will yeah. come out. Get the hell out of her. You
1: know? Get out of the way. <laughs> but it's one of those cliches that, out. like,
0: if a guy did that, it would be perceived as being, oh, well, yeah. he's strong, just aggressive and Strong. But when a woman's like, get out of my face, it's like, oh, you're Bitchy. a bitch. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: And it does come back to, you know, unfortunately, it's like, you know, people will say weird stuff about you. Like, me and Elise are both, from Dance of Crushers, we both could be, you know, that way. We can be a little sharp, if we have to be.
0: Well, good. Yeah, that's good, though. I mean, I think ma- that works.
1: That works in in certain situations. I don't feel like I'm that way so much anymore. I don't have to be that way, because the industry's changed and you don't get treated the same way. But I mean, the amount that's of times probably is that true. Yeah, it's very different. It's very different.
0: I think people can also be sort of respected for that. Um, maybe not by the people who they're being bitchy to at the time, or be right. you know standing up to at the time, but by other people and be you know, it's inspiring. It's not. It's not you're being a bitch. It's like you're speaking your mind and you're not putting up with the bullshit. That's right. You know? Yeah. And I think that's like a...
1: And knowing boundaries, you just have to know your boundaries and you have to be yeah pretty... You have to be pretty... It takes... Yeah, it takes a certain person to not take... Uh, absorb either side of, like, the fame side of things. And I don't even mean fame like we weren't famous. Yeah. But, you know, first of all, you have to be... Have a level head to know that yes men or the people that are sucking up to you half the time are full of shit. Yeah. And then you have to have a pretty level head to not get affected by people's criticism. So you have to kind of be
0: able to balance that. And did you have that pretty well always, or did you learn it after getting burned a few times? <laughs> like, you know, cause a lot of people are so bitter. They're like, yeah, we signed that contract and they fucked us. And we, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. And I mean, it sounds like, I you- mean,
1: I think I just, I had a lot of disappointments, but I think, but I also sort of didn't put, maybe I didn't put all my eggs in one basket or maybe mm-hmm. I just didn't, you know, I've always sort of been involved in several projects. Definitely have had some disappointments, but I just sort of feel like it's about timing and like, there's a lot of, you know, I feel like if I had wanted to do something really cheesy and really poppy that I know I would have hated, I could have been more successful potentially. Oh, yeah. You know, I could have gone that route. Right. At 24, yeah. at 23 when I had an opportunity to be a little bit more, when I was on a major and I was like, I had the opportunity like, I'm going to do a solo record and it will just yeah, did, be. Were
0: you approached to do that? Or was it always like, Hey, it was hey, definitely a question. About, it know. was
1: definitely a question for a little while, but, um, actually freaked me out. And, really? I, and it's, st- well, I didn't want to be on a CA actually. So <laughs> I did not like that label. I think if I was an Atlantic or Warner, I would have been more excited. Really Interesting. Yeah. I wanted to do a solo record. Uh-huh. I knew that I wanted to do it, but I also felt, well, I felt ins- I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I was always had well, been.
0: You're a- 24, too, you know?
1: Right, and I'd always been a collaborator. Like, I always mm-hmm. wrote songs with people. Like, I ha- you know, it was always collaborations. Yeah. And I didn't present a finished piece. Right. Right from the start, usually. So here's an idea. Here's an let's idea. Let's kick it around. Let's kick it around. Mm-hmm. And it would be, like, at least one other person, and we would write the song together Yeah. somehow. Like, you know, I might write all the lyrics and all the melody, but they might write chord progressions and yeah. have some arrangement ideas or yeah. vice versa. You know, it's yeah, not yeah. – I mean, I there was exactly definitely, like, songs that I wrote 90% of, but there was coll- – the whole record was collaborative. And right. And, and – Actually, someone kind of, like, made some comment to me about, about it once. Like, you always have to sing with another singer because you're afraid to be on stage by yourself. And and that was one of those, like, little thorns in my side. I'm like, I'm not afraid. I just really love harmony. I love harmony. That's yeah. actually what it is, is I just love to sing with other people because it's just fun for me. Right. But then I was like, you know what? So that's a good challenge. Which I And that was the thing. I, I took a lot of these situations. I tried to just sort of see, well, I'm on a major label, and they want us to write pop songs. And I kind of was more into, like, Things that were a little more out at that time and mm-hmm. not, I love, pop, I've always loved pop music, but I didn't want to write these like cranberries, like <laughs> yeah. tunes really yeah. that were super duper poppy. Like, i kept taking
0: more Diamante Galas. Yeah, <laughs> I was a little, I
1: was, I was kind of more in that. Yeah, I could see that. Zone then. Sure. More so than I am now actually. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm back into pop music again, but.
0: Yeah. No, me but back. <laughs> yeah, but back
1: then it was like, yeah, Bjork and just mm-hmm. weirder, or just more vocally experimental, I guess. Yeah which didn't really fly with people, in an but it was really, you know, there was some fun things that came out of it. Cause I was well, like,
0: the band's a weird thing. I mean, you have, you know, the beetle y- you have your like sort of magic moments where a band comes together and yeah. it all works and, you know, everyone's rowing in the same direction or whatever direction they're rowing in it, it gets them to someplace, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that, not usually the case uh in order for a band to be successful there have to be you know a million different factors but uh yeah when, when you guys got signed how long had you been playing when you got signed to the to mca
1: we i mean i basically feel like six years was when we so you were putting in your dues oh okay. yeah i mean that was sort of why i ended up kind of going that direction in yeah the, in you're like end. i've been with these people like a yeah. history it's like it's like you've been painting paintings for six years, and you finally start selling them. You yeah, I just was sort of like, and we'd done some cool stuff before that. We'd played in Hawaii and like things that just seemed really epic to me. You know, mm-hmm. being a little sort of uh, English, you know, school kid um, from Cambridge, England, like going to Hawaii was like, oh my god, you know, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, epic. You know, especially like, if they put you going, up. We're in going it. to paradise. You yeah, know? like I mean, that's just like dre- like for English people, like to go to Hawaii is just like you can't even, you can't even. Uh, like that's it. Them. I'm it's done. Like, I've made it. Like, oh, this, Mom, there's like, that's palm
2: what? trees. It's amazing. Yeah, like <laughs> you are just
1: totally like floored by something like that. And were you so, touring
0: just on your own, sort of independently around? You mean dance dancehall? No. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: We were, yeah, but we were years. just doing small tours, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like just
2: we did
1: a U.S. Yeah, in van tours, U.S. Yeah. and Canada, and uh we got pretty famous in Hawaii because this this radio station there called Radio Free Hawaii just just picked us up. And wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we were like huge in Hawaii. Which, Funny, I know, because well, they're actually, really I into can just it. reggae. Yeah, actually, I it's, can like there, it. it's like you go there, it's like island time. Yeah,
2: everything's like everyone's just playing
1: reggae music all day long. Yeah, so kind of what? Absolutely. And, pop, absolutely, and poppy, super poppy stuff. So we were just kind of perfect for that.
0: The thing I mean was lucky but. Well, also in H- Hawaiians are very into music. The thing yeah. that struck me because I, you know, I've been there a few times, it's no matter where you go, there some resort or some bar or some whatever, there there'll always be a Hawaiian guy like yeah. playing guitar yeah. and singing but like super quietly so you can like barely hear him. Yeah. And if you get up close you're like this guy is actually probably really, really, really amazing. Yeah. And he's probably getting, you know, I don't know, 50 bucks a night or something yeah. to do. It's just a wealth of talent That's over right. There.
1: There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of live music just like in little, yeah, in yeah. little places Yeah,
0: And I, I always yeah. feel bad for them because although they don't seem to care, they're just, everyone's ignoring me and whatever. I'm just up here it's doing money. It's my, a gig. It's yeah. a money gig. It's a gig. It's a gig, man.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so we were doing that and then, so it was about six years. I mean, I feel like that's yeah. kind of normal. I have a few friends that... Mm-hmm have made it big in, in other genres of music like garage rock. And I have some, you know, friends in the OCs and all that kind of stuff. And it takes, it takes about six years. Yeah. I would say it takes about six years. Of dedicated work. Of dedicated pushing, you know, doing small tours by yourself. Yeah. You know, doing everything that you can, putting out records for someone, some situation to like, I mean, and it can take longer.
0: Sure. But,
1: you know, but it, and it can take less time, of Elbow course. Elbow work. But as I kind of think the bands that, yeah. Anyway, I think that's a, that's a kind of a good average, which is a horrible thought when you're starting out because you couldn't. I think, remember someone telling me something like that. And I was like, no, I can't say wait six years. It's like a li- <laughs> lifetimes. So I was like 19, 18 or something. I was like, oh, never
0: what? There always are exceptions where oh, we played six times and we got signed. Yeah. And, you know, I know people like that. And then, and then we got dropped. <laughs> well, that's the thing is
1: like Jezebel got signed after like. 8 months but we you know we were still playing tiny places so we weren't mm-hmm. doing well we were just signed and it was exciting and we played the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland which was like our big exciting yeah, that's gig pretty good. it was yeah. you know that's insane fantastic. amazing yeah. And, but you know, it was going to take another four years probably, or three mm-hmm. years for us to, be had a new record out and everything, but yep. it's like, then it's like the record doesn't get noticed and you have to push it and you have to, you have soundtracks or whatever, whatever you can do, look, yeah. keep working, working, uh-huh. keep working, yeah.
0: Yeah. And meanwhile, you're trying to do the same thing with Dancehall. Right. Yeah. and But that
1: started taking off, so.
0: Right. Yeah. You know,
1: we toured with Bad Religion and a bunch of, you know, a bunch of big bands, so.
0: Do you think it's any different these days? Because everyone's always like, well, the internet, you know, things are different. But to me, it still seems like if you really want to be a band, you just got to get on stage and play and tour, like whatever. Sure, it helps to have, you know, all the social media, and everyone has access to everything, but.
1: I definitely think there was like this YouTube sort of moment for a while, where like, if you have good videos, and somehow it would get a hit. But yeah. yeah, it's kind of it's it's a it's its own mysterious thing, but I definitely yeah I agree that it's you got to just get on stage, people have to see you, or you have to find some kind of YouTube, you know, way, some way that that yes. people are going to see your videos yeah. or yeah. or or get on a soundtrack. You but, make
0: some amazing video and it goes viral. That yeah, can ha- you know, but
1: I mean, really good live bands are, are people are going to tell their friends. You know? Exactly. That is exactly. that's always that's always going to happen. However. You know, it's hard, too. I feel like people actually go out to music
0: less than they used to. I
1: That's what it seems like to me. <clears throat> I wonder.
0: I can't tell if it's that or, or if just I'm our just age. old and so I, I go to the def- wrong shows.
1: <laughs> I, I definitely do think it's, a you know, there's an age element. Because
0: the bands I'm in still will be like, don't get us the 11 p.m. slot because my friends are old. And I'm like, really? We're a punk band, so yeah. if your friend, you know, maybe you should think about playing a different kind of music. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: I know, it's hard, because yeah? we're older. We're yeah, older. it's
0: funny. but I, I, You almost have to expand, you know, get a different audience or, or whatever. Yeah. That's, I guess, part of what, I don't know. You no, know, you're looking at me quizzically about that No, I, I think it's <laughs> No, I think the age
1: thing is, is a real concern. I mean, I've, I feel like I do better when I do earlier shows now. Oh, uh, well, yeah. People come to earlier shows. I try to book, you know, I try to do that, 8, right, eight right. to 10 p.m. shows. Yeah. I mean, the people that come out to the late nights are the musicians that I know. That's true. Like on after a, their own gig. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I know a lot of musicians but that's, you know, still if you wanna I feel like for our age group, if if you're realistic, you have to really consider that.
0: Yeah. I just feel like just well, I go I must... on at
1: midnight. Why isn't anyone here? So you have you have to be realistic. <laughs> I think in any situation you just have to be realistic.
0: Yeah. I guess it makes me think of well, gee, you know, I need to like change my songwriting or something. Like I'm not doing things right to reach people who will come out to a rock show at 11 p.m. <laughs> it, it always I makes me yeah. question, like, well, what? You know, maybe I, you know, you just got. We just got to play earlier shows. Yeah. I know that it sucks. Yeah. But I think that's, that's kind of true, or both. Right. Right.
1: Do both, which is what I I try to do.
0: Too. Yeah. Well, how is it different now? Like, you know, you're because you're booking a tour. You're you're back out on tour with the band. You know. What do you think you do differently now that, from what you ever did back way back when, before you were on a major?
1: Well, I mean, I definitely think an age thing. I just, I think I, uh, what is different? I mean, a lot of things are different. That's kind of a, kind of a big question because. What do you? Do it's do a very different as, kind of music that I'm doing. You know, I'm well, doing more mellow music. I mean, it's just the whole plan is different in. Yeah. You know, doing something like. Uh, punk band. I mean, you know, I play a lot. I I, I sit in on punk shows now because I'm I'm on these all these punk records too. Still, mm-hmm. you know, this guy Tony Sly who yeah yeah I was on no his use, record yeah. for No Use for Name and and those are still late night shows. But people are you know so there's a hard there's a sort of hard you know hardcore fan um posse of people that really yeah definitely still are trying to.
0: Well they'll come out because they come out.
1: But they do a lot of day festivals too, you know. It's like yeah, that's the kind true. of thing like warp tour or whatever. I mean, I was just they just did the twenty year fat records just did their was it twenty year or is it more than that? Uh
0: twenty five. So twenty five year. Yeah. That's right. It's twenty five years.
1: they um, did a thing at the
0: parkside, right? Yeah. Was, and that yeah. was an
1: all day thing for two yeah. days. Yeah. And so it started at noon. Nobody was really there at noon, but people got there at two. Right. And they played till about ten or eleven. Well like, people also
0: have kids now and stuff and they wanna well, that's you know, the thing. They be home for their kids yeah. and yeah. Yeah.
1: And even, you know, you can take kids to those kinds of those right. kinds of events. Right. Depending yeah. So I mean I think that's doing more festival day festival type of things. Street festivals are cool. Those are really
0: fun. You know, things that like break, I'm, break out I'm, the chicken costume.
2: Yeah,
1: break out the chicken costume. Yeah.
2: I can always <laughs> at least I can always fall back on my chicken costume. <laughs> um,
0: backup plan. <laughs> my backup plan.
1: I'll try to squeeze into that my seven-year-old chicken costume. But um Yeah, I just think you just have to be flexible, and I think that's really ultimately what you have to just deal with in the music industry overall. You have yes. to be flexible. You have to understand what I don't understand. I'm not saying I do, but one one must
2: one, one must. must.
1: And just make, you know, making adjustments. I'm playing a fundraiser this week and it's the one fun, you know, while we're here. It's the one event that kids can come to oh. and um, you know, it's it's a really cool fundraiser for my my friend who is this great incredible theater company mm-hmm. and you know, it's cool. It's a great it's a great event. There's going to be, you know, art and some stuff for kids and, like, this incredible theater company and, like, musicians. And it's going to be great. And that's that's something that, like, I can tell my friends that do have kids to come to. So I think you just have to kind of be flexible within, you know, not just shows but how you distribute your music and how you – make connections with people and how you get your music further out there. And I still have a million things to learn because it's constantly <laughs> changing. And I, I know, I know you know, I'm, st- I'm still not on Spotify, which I know I'm like the last person I know at this point because I've had a hard time with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. With
1: the politics of it. But
0: yeah, you know, a lot of people have, and I'm
1: probably going to get over that. And just it's because just one has to inevitable. kind of a- accept to some degree, yeah. maybe, maybe that, you know, but I still buy music. Yeah, no. Yeah, you know, that's too. sort of like I have to like not, you know. Well like, I just <sighs> I do not steal music. I actually don't.
0: I, I don't even like I mean streaming's great if you're sitting around you just want to stream stuff, but like if I need if I really like a song, I want the song. That's so right. I'm, you know, I don't want to just stream it. That's right. Because then I'm if I'm on the subway way. and like, well no, I can't, you know. Yeah, it's like, I stream whatever.
1: it to like just kind of check it out sometimes. Yeah. Or
0: but if then, I have to learn a song, I'll like I'll stream it, you yeah. know. But then I'm I want like, well, I, But then I want it on my like, yeah. I have to do this as a cover, but I don't actually want to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> well I was well, <laughs> Do you do you do videos? Are you like, well we're gonna do a video, that's what we gotta do that?
1: You know, I've really I've done one or two <coughs> and um I definitely wanna do more. It's one of those things that just seems like so much to put together. Yeah. <laughs> and uh,
0: can be expensive. And or... incredibly
1: expensive unless you just your buddy does it for you. Well, yeah. And so I need to do it. The reason I haven't done it is because it's expensive and a lot to put together. Labor intensive. Labor intensive. Those are the reasons. But Well, you're now
0: you're in charge now too. You're the driver. I know. You can throw that cat off you. Know. Oh, I'm kind of enjoying it. Okay. Hi,
1: Kitty. But but yeah, I don't um, I need to do videos. Yeah, some point more. Yeah. I've done a couple, but I haven't done any for my album yet, which is kind of not okay.
0: Well, you're too busy doing I this other stuff. I kind of to. <laughs> and you teach, too? I can't I remember. I teach,
1: and I perform in several other bands, you know, the Bay Area. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, I perform on average, like, four times a week.
0: Yes. And you make a living, so, basically, at least, doing what you love. Yeah. And what? how is the teaching? Do you enjoy it, or is it like, well, you know, if I, I'm going to be and stay in music, I'm I school.
1: do I do enjoy it. I have to say that if I do more than a certain number of people per week, which is really just like 10, 10 to 15 is a good amount.
0: Uh-huh. Tops. But yeah.
1: and I mean 15 is pushing it sometimes. But but I find that my creative energy goes down if right. I teach too much. But it's funny cuz not every musician I know that teaches feels that way. Really, But for me I if I teach too much I definitely get I mean it's incredibly inspiring teaching is so fun like seeing people get excited about music seeing people discover their voice yeah Is you know having breakthroughs is is really fun yeah and also I do I teach a lot of songwriters or like I've taught taught, taught a lot of punk rockers they're like why does
2: my voice hurt you know
1: (laughs) or you know or just songwriters and I help them figure out how to sing their own songs better so it's very oh interesting those are really fun okay yeah because then it's like, oh, it's like, oh, how, how are we? Yeah, that's kind of hard. Like, how are we going to do that? Like, it's like
0: a good problem.
1: Yeah, it's a total problem a to solve. Problem. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's like, well, you're breathing in the wrong places. And, mm-hmm. like, let's take out two words. And, like, let's change that harmony. That so better. it's easy. Yeah. yeah. Phrasing. So it's kind of songwriting, producing.
0: Oh, interesting. Slightly. Almost. Interesting. Sli- sli- you know,
1: moments of, like you know, doing that. And I, and I vocal produce as well, which I really, really love doing. That's really fun. What's involved with that? Just sitting in the studio with a singer Mm -hmm. while they're tracking and same kind of thing. Giving them either vocal tips, but a lot of times it's really just like, you know, it's like weird vocal tips like smile in this section because yeah. it'll sound brighter and you're, you're sounding too dark and it sounds too much like this and you're yeah not, and you're not blending with the other voice and if you tear you know or you don't sound happy enough and it's a happy song or i mean a million mm. things like breathe here don't breathe there or just listening you know and and making a lot of notes so the engineer can focus on engineering and then i'm like here are the best takes you know, yeah. one, one yeah. four, yep. and, the, and you nailed it on the last verse on take yeah. five or whatever, and and helping them comp everything because you know I did that for years.
0: With, sure. with all the bands I was in, so that's really fun.
2: Yeah.
0: And did you have formal vocal training, or is this just stuff you've learned?
1: I did. I I was a voice major at state, but uh, at school, but um, I mean I was in a lot of choirs, and yeah. the, that was really the better training, to be honest, because once I was in college, um, they just didn't. It was, like, more classical. They didn't know anything about popular music mm-hmm. where I was. It was very, very shitty. And <laughs> actually, they were like, wow, you seem to know a lot. Do you want to teach the vocal jazz class? I'm like, I'm 21, and I'm here to learn. It was ridiculous.
0: And I'm paying you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was 20, and they were like, do you want to teach the vocal jazz class? I said, no, I don't want to teach the vocal jazz class. I'm here to learn from you guys. That's what I was. <laughs> like, thought you guys were going to school me, and I was going to get, like, my ass class. kicked. This yeah. is why I was here. I was like, this yeah. is going to be great. I'm going to get, like... Where you know, was that? San Francisco State. Oh, okay. It's actually a good department now, but at the time... I mean, yeah. I stuck around because I was already in Dancehall Crashers, and in, I was in three bands, going mm-hmm. to school full-time, mm-hmm. you know, working. So I, I wanted to stay in the Bay Area.
0: Did so you, there, when you were younger, have an idea of, like, what you wanted... Like, my ideal gig is this, you know, like... Because it sounds like Dancehall Crashers, you got into it, you know, and you were cool with it, but then it became like, well, this is a thing, but I, you know, I want to have something else.
1: Yeah definitely felt that way when you were younger
0: did you think like this is what I want to do yeah you know
1: yeah I had several moments like that I mean you know I idolized several um female singers in rock bands I mean Blondie yeah for example there was you know a couple of local bands you know she was the coolest you know like it was Uh definitely like I had dreamy eyes about yeah like, like I wanted to be in a Yeah, I wanted to be a rock and roll.
0: Were you like, if only I could get there, like my life would be complete? Or (laughs) was it not? Yeah,
1: but I also had moments like that, seeing like big, dorky vocal ensemble stuff where it was really experimental. And I thought, oh, yeah. I thought, I was like, that's what I want to do. Because I just love the human voice. Yeah. I love singing. I love how voices work. Um, That's just an element of nerdiness for me where I just. Really, um, I've always been just fascinated by it, or just, yeah, it's just fun.
0: But also, it really comes fun. to you, so it's like, does it make you happy when you sing? Yeah, 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 like I'm making that sound that's an awesome sound (laughs) yeah or just
1: funny like you know it's amusing yeah yeah it's not always you know it's not always like oh i sound. it's not like a i sound good thing it's more just like this is a funny sound and how can i manipulate it it's just fun to do it yeah in that way and it can be soothing and great and it's good for breathing and yeah there's a lot of things that yeah yeah you break down about it but it's more just more just kind of fun you can do it yeah <laughs> it's just what fun. I do don't <laughs> I ask
0: stupid questions <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of fun did you harmonize yeah. with your siblings or with your mom with my
1: mom a little bit yeah yeah huh and my, my brothers are both musical but they like my brother was a DJ for a while they're both really into music so it was definitely a ton of music in the house yeah um, all around like yeah. my, my brother was a DJ for a while like and he was into he has a great taste and uh, my older brother was you know, a punk rocker and a mod. And so he brought a lot of great music. And then my stepdad and, uh, and my mom, we just, there was loud music all the time. We were just rocking out.
0: Oh, that's having great. Having lots
1: of fun. And then my dad was, you know, kind of a, sort of a anarchist, a bit of a punk rocker. So we'd pogo around to the Sex Pistols nice. in the 80s and s- squats in East East End of London and stuff. <laughs> that <laughs> so,
0: sounds amazing. So
1: <laughs> it was definitely like, yeah, I mean, I saw you some of those. You were born blue, for this lifestyle. I, I was born for this. <laughs> back in my day. Man. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway. Well, switching gears completely. Okay. Tell, tell us about the Fat Record, the, the musical, the Fat Mike musical.
1: The you Fat know, Mike fact. musical. Well, so I've done a, I've done a little bit of work with with Fat Mike on and off throughout the years. Right. I, I toured with him. you we know went, a fact? No, Dancehall Crashers toured with them like oh, got it with with no effects, yet. yeah, yeah. We opened for them for a bunch of uh, dates throughout Europe. Mm-hmm. We actually all three of us, uh, them, Dancehall Crashers, and the Misfits played in Copenhagen once, which was crazy, epic That's show, crazy. <laughs> like one of those yeah. like bucket list check right? that one off. Now how did this Pla- happen? Played with the Misfits. Yeah. Why not? There you go in a small club in Copenhagen that happened that makes sense um,
2: so <laughs> if anywhere <laughs> yeah
1: so and so and then I ended up singing on a bunch of, like No Use for a Name and like yeah. even a No Effects a couple of No Effects songs were you and like the
0: go to like oh Karina will
1: do this I'm kind of the go to she lives <laughs> like, just down the street bring her over <laughs> actually it is actually that it's like <laughs> where the studio is in San Francisco is not
2: that far from my house
1: uh, yeah in fact it used to be right around the corner from my house you but get a call. it moved it moved just slightly across town um, <laughs> but yeah it was sort of like it was kind of getting to that point where I'm like, okay, call Karina. And we want a female vocal. Karina's down mm-hmm. the street. No, but, um, <laughs> no, it's because of my skill, of course.
0: Um, well, of course. No, I'm
1: just kidding. But, but Well, it is. It, no, know. but I mean, it was definitely like, Karina will do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, me and Mike have a very good connection. I've worked with him a few times. He's super funny, and he also produced, actually, he produced a Dancehall Crasher record once. That's true. He produced our last one. So, Oh, okay. So we, we had a little studio time with him as well. And he's he's very funny with his producing. He's very particular, incredibly particular, but also has a like, really good energy about it. It's not uh-huh. like, not like mean particular. He's just very particular. It's like don't phrase it this way, phrase it this way. Right. And a lot of people cannot do that. And I work with him really well. I was like, you, you know, mean cannot
0: do what he asks you to? Kind do? of. It's oh, there's I see. It's
1: strange. It's not organic. It's yeah. It's not organic as a singer. You, you want me to put the emphasis on what word? Like it doesn't, it doesn't doesn't actually make make sense as a singer. And when I've brought, I brought a lot of singers and a lot of musicians in to his musical, like, mm-hmm. he would say, I need a harpist, I need a bass clarinetist, I need an accordion player, I need a saxophone player, I need a trumpet player, you know, vibraphonist, like, drummer. Like, half of my band actually played on You're that. You're like, what am I, the musical director? No, I kind of yeah. was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me a day, I'll find a cello player. You know, so, because I know a lot of musicians in town, and sure. I've been doing a lot of jazz. And, and like, he's not
0: really into that part of the He's not scene. into that scene yeah. at
1: all, and he knows that I am, so I, I actually helped him with a lot of that, too. But, but also, I, I basically... Tracked a bunch of the female vocals. I ended up on the album. I ended up not being one of the leads Mm -hmm. um, because my voice was just a little bit too sort of sweet or clear, and it didn't it didn't make Mm -hmm. sense, and which was understandable. So I ended up doing. We we ended up replacing one character. Who did he get? This girl Trashley. uh, The character's name is Trashley, and. I'm totally blanking on her name she's she was one of the people that is doing the theater production okay that just came in as an actress and she just kind of nailed it she nailed all my parts huh which was pretty great yeah and, and then he ended up using her for were you like hey well, what the hell oh, like parts like are kind of my hard. look yeah but um <laughs> that's my inflection no but um she did a great job and so so but but i workshopped that with him for five years. Me and actually Billy Bouchard. Oh, I didn't know that. Billy okay. Bouchard has two of the leads. Really? On, uh. on the record. And is brilliant and hilarious. And so that him, Billy and myself and Mike were doing, well, I mean, he, of course he had a million other people involved. But, right. But, uh, we did a lot, a lot of workshopping with him. Like, cause me and Billy are kind of also, you know, he'd be like, I'm not really sure of the part yet. I'm like, do you want a kind of a Brooklyn accent? And so it'd be like, <laughs> You know, you know, I, you know, I want to get hurt. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You know, like, do you want it more like this or do you want more like that? Do you want a little more bratty, or do you want to, you know, like? And me and Billy are sort of like dorks uh, with great. that stuff. So we, he he was loving it because so we were just kind of like playing with his ideas and not, you know, able to sort of respond to his facet.
0: Well, that's and so I take it from that. what you were saying before, you would bring in all these other musicians, and sometimes they just couldn't cut it with his.
1: I mean, you know, yeah. There Production was
0: like, or direction? It's
1: hard. He's hard because he's not, he doesn't give you, he sort of goes, yeah, yeah, just kind of go, ah, and, yeah. and I know what that means. Usually. Right. I'm, I'm like, you mean, da, na, na, na. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But somebody else will go, ah, what, is, ah, what does that mean? You know, like, and so yeah. it's, it's, especially for singers. Cause that, his, that's how his I would give direction. His huh? phrasing is strange. Uh-huh. and so i was i'm just able to read him relatively well at this point and so we work really well and he's we have a good laugh and that's great
0: we're good friends so it just worked so the album came out what in 2014 or something yes it came out march and how is it doing i mean
1: i don't actually know at this minute Uh. it seemed like it went it got a lot of good reviews Uh and they're still working on the production of it they did a two-week run in san francisco i think they did a two-week run in LA as well because I went to a lot of the readings leading up to it which was like a five-year process I mean yeah it was ongoing and then um, they were gonna be doing it in New York I think they did do it in New York for two Hmm. weeks and I don't know what's happening with it right this minute, I have to be honest. Yeah. I haven't checked in. You're not up on them. I know, I'm sort of like. <laughs> kidding.
2: Oh, like
1: I've so, got other things to do. I've been don't, actually, you
0: know, I'm on tour. I'm
1: actually curious. I wrote a new album and it put it out. Gonna, yeah. yeah. Kind of been busy. Kind be busy. But I did, I did actually want to ask, like, what are you doing next? Yeah.
0: And then tell me about the 100 year City Hall. Is it 100 year? Yeah. The San Francisco thing? Yeah. So, that I was like, I I, I got to go to that. But I was, it was out of town or it was weird. I was in LA or something super instead. Super
1: cool. Did yeah. Chuck
0: Prophet put it Chuck together? Proffitt, was he, like,
1: he was the musical director. Yeah. And he, I didn't know him before that. He had gotten my number through somebody else. Uh-huh. And there was supposed to be all these like big time celebrities on it. Like Chris Isaac and, right. and all these people that actually... Ended up for one reason or another not being able to do it, okay. like they were on tour, okay. and there was something they got something other. So it was still a lot of kind of like semi-celebs, but yeah. But it wasn't that I think initially that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But but um, so even getting the call was kind of strange. I was like, really? Oh, I'm okay. And then I also sort of thought like, oh, that'll be fun. And then I start to see like there's going to be like fifteen, seventeen thousand people there.
2: Yeah.
1: And um. Chuck Profit is he just did such a good job. I can't even explain how well, first of all, it was into tremendous amount of work. Yeah. But his choices were brilliant. He was really brilliant. Yeah. Um the Bob Brummels were just incredible. There was oh, amazing. so oh their voices, it was just like harmonies were beautiful. There was um the SF Symphony Symphony, there was some players from there playing some strings. There were um Sly and the Family Stones. Like Sly Stone's daughter. Novena was a killer. This woman, Una Gainworth, I think that's how you say her last name, who did um, Janis Joplin song, uh, and she just killed it. And they were just, his, his. and then, uh, um, he, he just, his whole, the whole lineup was really unusual. Uh-huh. And also very, um,
0: Was he like just, the backing w- band? Like he was the band? backing band. Yeah.
1: yeah, the Mission Express. Yep, Who were all, they're all incredible. And super sweet, lovely people, and just he 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 picked really cool songs like "Let's Lynch the Landlord" and songs that were, you know, a little edgy. Sure. Considering that Ed Lee in San Francisco is, they're ed-
0: all just there smiling and clapping, not yeah, like what's oh, going we're on. celebrating and-, <laughs> and
1: also the projections that were done on City
0: Hall were really cool. Oh wow! By, um,
1: by Obscura Digital, Obscura, which is this really cool. Uh, Company in San Francisco, and they were kind of edgy too. So it was a pretty, pretty awesome event. That's actually, because like, it was so
0: going back to the it was pre- sort of like boom days of San Francisco where it was edgy.
1: Yeah, it was actually interesting because I felt like we we're celebrating City Hall, but we, it wasn't all like you know, right? Smile. It was more
0: like celebrating San Francisco, yeah, the way it used to be. You know, there's like,
1: <laughs> there's like images of like. You know, dollar bills and like falling apart, crashing and like you know
0: <laughs> yeah. Harvey
1: Milk, and, like sure. some kind of some kind of dark stuff.
0: The Dead Kennedys album cover. Dead Kennedys, yeah. yeah, it was uh-huh. just,
1: definitely it was like
0: yeah, with Jello there. No, Jello was there. Oh, no, he was. Yeah, okay. he he
1: sang. He did "Let's Just Landlord." Uh, uh, very yeah.
0: good. What did you sing?
1: Well, I was going to be doing "California Uber Alice yes. with a string uh, octet. Things got really slammed and crunched near the end, and it ended up getting cut, which was fine because. It was sort of, and it was a long story, but the, the point is that was on the bill. I was supposed to be doing that, mm-hmm. and then I also did um, Journey "Don't Stop Believing," which was <laughs> pretty hilarious because I was I like, bet. I was like, I'll only do it if I'm still doing <laughs> Dead and Kennedys, then and then it, and then, but you know, because of course San Francisco, it's like become the theme song because sure, like, you know, so um, but it was pretty funny. I kind of like, I was like, well, sometimes you get asked
0: to sing Journey in front of <laughs> 17,000
1: people. And then you kind well, of just go, nah.
0: okay. It's for the good of the city. It
1: was pretty hilarious. Oh. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was kind of awesome, actually. I really enjoyed it because at first I thought, I was like, do I, I don't know if I
0: want to sing a Journey.
2: But, Is that the one know, where you started you,
0: singing it and you're like, hmm, it's an interesting like, melody, but, you know, I like this vocal. Is it it ever happen? to you where you're like, I don't really like that song, but then you start, if you get into the technical details of it, you're like, like, oh, I can kind of appreciate this. Yeah, it was also like like in a key that I was
1: terrified by. I was like, I don't think I can do it in this key. They were like, you can't change it. Everything's all set up. And I'm like,
2: it's an E. It's like, he's an
1: E. You got to switch keys for a woman. And so, but I managed to figure it out. And then it was really fun because it's like, you get to...
0: Yeah. Yeah exactly you get to do like, people ah, go like nuts
1: the crazy rock voice yeah. you know which is like okay it's well, fun it's fun to break that out every one, now and then because I've been singing all this pretty music lately so then it's just like
0: get to the <sighs> like, right. yeah like, do you miss mm-hmm. punk you miss just singing punk
1: um I do my ears don't miss it Uh, yeah, yeah. that was one of the yeah. reasons
0: I, I switched out a little bit because my ears yeah. were getting a little overloaded I know what you mean and also it's that's, just that's
1: the only thing that's
0: vocal wise it can be easier to not be real loud all the time yeah, for you, your technique is so good that it probably didn't bother you as much. But
1: I actually was, yeah, I handled it pretty well. Yeah, and I just use, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, kind of, I was very, very anal about making sure that I was using my diaphragm correctly. And, yeah, and then it just, then it was easy because I just once I trained my body to do that.
0: Right. Yeah. I
1: wasn't blowing it out, but I mean, you still blows it out. My ears are the thing that I, that it really pushed it. You know, I sure. at, a, at a certain point, I feel like I just if I don't switch to some quieter music some of the time. I'll be deaf. Yeah. um, Yeah, Yeah, I mean, really. So, you know, I had been doing music steadily since I was 15. And, you know, I was performing three times a week when I was 15. And, you know, bands around town. And it's just Mm -hmm. my ears are just a little burnt.
0: Yeah and so it's nice especially to clubs that don't have the greatest sound systems maybe monitors and feedback you know, you feedback, anything, you know I just
1: had a really bad feedback thing like a couple months ago my ears still feel uh, it you know, yeah. it was one of those like <sighs> when it happened I'm like that just took years <clears throat> and the years on off my chalkboard. life yeah. Yeah, like yeah. years off my performing life right there my f- so
0: yeah yes well I always like to end by uh, asking what, what advice would you give to a young musician starting out in the world Or if that's too broad, you can you can make up your own question. No, I think that it. would be – I would try to think of something good to say, but – I mean, I guess you're a teacher, so do people ask you that sort of, a, what, what should I do in yeah. my career? Yeah. And...
1: I mean, I would say it takes a little longer than you think. Mm-hmm.
0: Six years is a good, good well, benchmark. Well,
1: you know, it can take shorter than that, but it's a lot of hard work. Like, mm-hmm. if you think it's not hard work, you're crazy. Yeah. It's hard work. And everybody that I know that's super successful that is very creative, Fat Mike – John Dwyer from the OCs, people like that, they work their ass off. All the time. All the time. They're really, they're not late. There's things like that. Uh, Like, musicians think, I can just show up with everyone, which I was totally late today. But, like, you know, they're very serious about it. Yeah. And it's not like a, let's get to rehearsal and just get wasted. They get wasted.
0: After they're done working. Or,
1: like, when their career has already taken you know yeah. like they they are very yeah they are very serious about their time yeah and they take it seriously they work incredibly hard yeah and and so there's there's that and um you know being flexible and somehow not taking it too seriously at the same time in the sense that you have to enjoy it and i think the minute you're not enjoying it you know when dancer crashes yeah i think you have to be really like the minute when Dance Crashers was done, I was like, well, am I going to do music or not? And then I was like, well, I don't, The of the two options, like, I'm not going to not do music. Right. So.
0: It just might not be this.
1: Decision crazy. has been made. I'm not going to not do music, which means I'm going to do it. Which right. means if I'm going to do it, then I have to
0: really do it.
2: Yeah.
1: As much as I
0: can. Commit.
1: Commit. So that was the decision.
0: Yeah. Well I guess it was slightly easier for you since you'd been doing it since you were a kid, literally.
1: It, I mean it definitely was like my life that I'd already established. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a whole new thing. Like how do I do this? You know, I'd been on major labels, I hadn't right. I hadn't been working a day job, I hadn't yeah been hustling, which now is now like, it's like oh I now have I to hustle.
0: Do this like as a yeah. job. I kinda
1: hustle a lot yeah. more. And sure. I, and sometimes I'm don't I'm in mean, doing things that I don't really feel super duper proud of. But, you know Maybe they'll pitch. help me do my tour of the music that I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So you just, I feel like you have to make that decision. And if you don't, if yeah. it's not worth it, then it's not worth it. Yeah. And you have to really be very honest with yourself about it.
0: Keeping in mind still that you don't want to like burn yourself out by doing stuff like that. Like you set limits. That's like, right. Well, I'm going to teach, but only on some. You I'm going to
1: teach 10 to 15. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Having, yeah. having your boundaries and being very clear yeah. about that.
0: And also, I mean, you're your own entrepreneur, sort of. So That's it's right. like, oh, I have to do many different things. That's right. I mean, I'm together. constantly juggling, like, 20 things. Yeah. <laughs> we well, are doing a, doing a good job. Thank you. Yay. Thanks. See you tomorrow oh, at the gig. We're
2: going to be up. It's going to be fun.
0: Woo. Woo. Ain't that the truth? Your own entrepreneur. Ah, uh, that is certainly the case. Uh, I'm making posters, album covers, uh, j- just podcast records, doing others booking stuff it's just I, I don't know am I a record label maybe I have a record label but it's really only for my own stuff but I, I sometimes feel like you end up having to spend more time organizing uh, your your things rather than creating them. It's sort of sad you need you need to really make time sit down, pull out that guitar, do it for an hour each day, write some songs that's what I'm going to do now that I'm back. My mantra, productive, not busy. We'll see if that works. If I sound like Mark Maron, it's because I've been listening to him a lot. Pow. Yeah, so. Sorry, sorry Mark Marin. Um okay. Hopefully it will not be another like 2 months before I get uh, another one of these episodes out. As usual, go to paulstinsonmusic.com for all your latest news and podcasts and Paul Stinson stuff. Projects and songs and, and, and oh, just all kinds of things. Also, make sure you go to KarinaDeneke.com, get your copy of Underglass, check out her long uh, bio, just all kinds of stuff that she's done, lots and lots of records that she's on. Go out and buy them all and go see her if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area. Now, we are going to hear from Underglass the track Golden Kimonos, which is amazing, and I know that you will enjoy it.
2: So...